The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing this week, man? Oh, tremendous. <laughs> uh, right now, is it a is it a, a steady pace run or is it a sprint to try to get to uh, the uh, the first night of the collective? Uh, let's say uh, today it's a sprint and tomorrow it's the other one. It's like every day is different. It's like, man, let's get this over with. And then it's like, man, we got we got more stuff we got to do. So it's like it, it's it's totally different each day. Because there's so much to do. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you know, so much to do. Let me ask you about, um, and, and we haven't talked much about uh, Ed's show. Um, and in San Antonio has a women's show going on. How how difficult is it to for him to basically kind of communicate with you, make sure everything's in place, and is he the one who is uh, essentially doing all the booking and, uh, you know, all the legwork on his end to make sure everything comes off right? How, how is that working for his particular show? Yeah, you know, we've worked with him before. So, you know, he, he's going to book his phone flights. He's going to book his talent. You know, he'll ask me about a couple people and especially the ones that we work with. So... You know, I connected him. So Viva Van's going to be on the show. Uh, you know, I believe Maserati, Alice Blair, Strella. And he went through me to get all them. It's like I communicated like, hey, he's he's wanting to pay this. And, of course, when Ed's got a show and I say he's paying this, most responses are hell yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, okay, so in that instance, when you have someone who has that type of, you know, bank because they're rolling it into one or two shows a year, essentially, and of course that's more attractive to talent to then jump on that opportunity, for you as a promoter who's running uh, at least two or three times a month and usually two of those are school, uh, you know, the, the FSW arena shows and you have future shock, you have high octane. Does that make it a little bit harder? And does, is that kind of then where you get that reputation of people saying, ah, Joe doesn't pay much. Is it that the whole thing that they don't really realize and conceptualize that you are running a regular, almost weekly show as compared to you know one or two a year is do they even take that into consideration when it comes to what you can pay 
because of the circumstances of how your company runs. Well, yeah, they actually have to because I will tell them beforehand because I know at that point I have to. And I'm like, hey, I don't have the budget Ed has, but if you'd like to work, then this is what it's going to take for you to be able to work on the show. And in most cases, they're they're cool with it. You know, they're looking for a booking. They're not going to turn down more money to wrestle for somebody. And like, well, you know, I normally get this, but he wants to pay me a little more. Nah, you know, I'll, I'll do that. Every, uh, unless you know somebody really well, they're not going to give you their best rate. They're going to yeah. start at a number that they'd like to make. And then there's always the number that they're okay with taking. You know, that's why a lot of times we like to deal with the same people that we've gotten good relationships with because, you know, we don't really have to squabble about, well, no, I need this and that, I want that. You know, while there's these, there's some guys that I've worked with for a long time that whatever I pay them is cool. You know, obviously I'm not going to give Hammerstone 20 bucks. But Hammerstone and me have never discussed rate ever. So the bigger shows, the ones that do well, his pay fluctuates on every show. Sure. You know, when you're bringing in like the Mecca, now you got to have a conversation with a Jacob Fatu or a Davey Richards or, or guys that you haven't used. You know, kind of like when Davey came in after he didn't make it the first time. You know, it's kind of like, hey, I'm going to fly myself in. What do you think you can do? Okay, well, if you're flying yourself in, you probably saved me, you know, three, four hundred bucks. But I did pay that three, four hundred bucks four years ago that I never got back. So, hey, uh, I can give you this and I need you to be in the first round of a tournament win and get to the finals of a four way. I can do this. He's like, okay, And we did the seminar. So he made. He made up for whatever he was going to make, and he got to come to Vegas, and he brought his girlfriend, and they hung out, you know, and he and he, he was in Vegas for a few days. So, you know, he was happy with the situation because, obviously, he's okay with it because he's coming out and working our Thursday and Friday show in a couple weeks. So we think, you know, and you, he didn't make the last Mecca, but there was a snowstorm where Sam Adonis didn't make it either. So, you know, it was a giant snowstorm, so we're not going to hold that against him. It's like, oh, see, Davey Richards missing another show. And, you know, those circumstances were, you know, warranted in that in that position. Um, in thinking of all your experiences, was has there any been – has there ever been anybody – who has put you in this situation of holding you up for either, you know, more money that day or um, wanting, wanting more things at it that simply you just couldn't do because it then would lead to, you know, even more, uh, you know, demands and stuff like that. Did you ever deal with anything that was kind of, in that ballpark of being a pain in the ass because, you know, they're demanding X and, hey, you know, they're four matches away and they put you in that spot. Well, yeah, you know, that that has happened. It's very infrequent, but 
you know, I had a conversation about a show. Oh, man, I've been wanting to come to FSW. You know, this is what I normally get. And I'm like, well, you know, that's way out of our league for what we're looking to spend. Well, you know, what are you looking to spend? And I said a number. And that person was like, instead of a flight, I can get down there on my own. Okay, well, that was adding the money. Right. And then the next day was like, yeah, you know what? I, I overspoke, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm going to need this. And it's like, okay. And then the day of the show, another show got canceled that they were on. And they were like, hey, bro, I need a flight home. Because the show I'm doing got canceled. I'm like, I'm not responsible for that. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, it was cordial and stuff. But guess what? I won't be using that person in the future. Yeah. So, you know, good business is good business. If you agree to a rate, you know, you're selling merch, you're doing things, you're coming into a show that's got a lot of people, you got a marquee matchup. And, you know, in that situation, I was kind of forced to, you know, pay a little bit extra money, which is still less than their going rate that they told me but is what they told me they would work for me for. And it's like, if you tell me that, it's just like if I tell you I'm going to give you 300 bucks and I hand you 200 and say, hey, sorry, man, we were light. You didn't really get people to come to the show. Uh, You know, in most cases, a wrestler is going to want to beat your ass. You know what I mean? So I've always told people up front, hey, I may not pay the best, and I've told this story forever, but I'm going to pay you what I say I'm going to pay you. And there are times I'll throw you an extra, especially like local, localized guys, not fly-ins like guys from Arizona or California. Whether it's another five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, fifty bucks, I've done that. You know, travel-wise, you know, we had one of our main guys that he couldn't get down here other than a flight. I mean, uh, he had no way to get down here. Someone was up with his car, so he had to rent the car. And okay. I paid him less than what the rented car would have been. You know, it, it was Hammerstone. And I was like, dude, how much was the rented car? And, you know, I paid him for the rented car. It's like, dude, you know, I get it. It's not like you're doing it every time, and now i got to pay you this extra money. And this was before he was a named guy. But he had been an FSW guy. He was probably our champion at some point in that time frame. And he was a guy who was just going to eat it because he's a professional. He accepted the booking. Something came up on how he had to get there. And he didn't say, hey, Joe, I got an issue, blah, 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 which I've had in the past with other people. Like, hey, I've had an issue. I got to do this. It's going to cost that is there any way you can help? Right. You know, because those are the, those are a lot of the guys that we bring in that they're communicative with me. And I believe we have a very good relationship and, you know, they'll work for me for less because they like coming to Vegas. They like Joe, they like FSW, whatever the reason may be. And, you know, Sometimes you find yourself like, man, I remember with Willie Mack, like he wouldn't ask for a raise and I gave him a little bit more and I gave him a little bit more because 
you know, he was so inexpensive. And it's like, man, this dude's worth way more than that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like the same thing with Hammerstone, what I would give him at a school show. You know, I, I've kind of made it a point. Any regular that's on our show, if they wanted a raise and were deserving, if that raise got them to be where Hammerstone was, I would give Hammerstone a few more dollars because yeah. he's done it for nine years. So, right. you know, Chris Bay, you know, we train the dude. So he doesn't say, well, this is my rate. It's like, hey, what can you do? Hey, I can do this. Okay. He's never once said, no, I'm not going to do it. It's not enough. Right. And those are the relationships you forge. And that's how you're able to put out this big company. Because you don't see Chris Bay working everywhere in Vegas. You don't see Hammerstone working everywhere else in Vegas. Because their rate would be different than my rate. And for smaller shows... You know, to pay a Hammerstone or Bay, you, you're probably not going to really want to dig that deep unless you got a real marquee match that you right. you want to utilize. Like, Kenny King has not worked any outside shows, but he did the Big Valley show against Fresco. And money is money, you know, but Kenny only took that match because of his respect for Fresco. Right. You know, well, if it, was, if it was Joe Schmo, he probably would have passed on it. And and really quick on that, one of the things that I was impressed about is that, you know, Kenny King, you have to be good to be able to go with him. Fresco looked like a professional wrestler, man. He he did his job. He Kenny made Fresco look good. Fresco made Kenny look good. And you could see the respect and you could see why Kenny did that, you know, for Fresco and and probably a nice payday as well. Uh, Does that concern you when, let's say, a guy like Fresco then, uh, if it wasn't Kenny King, let's say it's Joe Schmo, and that guy is getting a little more offense and a little more, you know, even though he might not beat Fresco, He's looking really strong, and one of the guys who wrestles regularly for your company is looking a little weaker. Is that something that guys should be kind of aware of in terms of not necessarily holding up a company so they get what they want, um, like Sasha Banks and Naomi just did Monday night, but really that idea of, you know, you – you have a home in Vegas and FSW by going to other places in the area and wrestling guys who might not be on your level per se in FSW. Does that cause a little friction for you as a promoter with talent or is it something that you have to just be aware of and then just go on with your business to kind of continue to keep those guys looking strong in your company? You're aware of it. You may not like it. You know what I mean? But that's how it is. It's just like when we've used people that were top guys at the other companies in town. You know, what they did there has no meaning on my company. You know, if I need you, this is 
this is the job. I need you to put over Jay Vidal, and you're not going to get a lot of offense. Well, you could choose not to do it, but that's what I need from you. So I can't dictate to one of my guys, oh, you're going over there to wrestle X, and he's going to thump you in three minutes, and you're going to get almost nothing. At that point, there's nothing you can do about it. They want to work. They want to get the payday. You know, they want to get the experience. You know, when we first started, Kenny King uh, became our heavyweight champion. And one of my favorite people, Legacy, was running his company. And he had a tournament. And the tournament was a four-way, one-pin wins. And he decided he was going to put Jason Partain over as the champion. Well, there was Jason Partain, there was Kenny King, and there was two other guys. And Jason Partain pins the FSW heavyweight champion. Now, I personally didn't like it. And it's like, right after the show, I'm like, what the fuck? You couldn't have, he couldn't have just pinned somebody else? But he wanted to establish Jason Partain for his company. What better way to do it than pinning the hometown hero? He's not, you know, he may have looked at it as, hey, he's the hometown hero and he's the FSW heavyweight champion. And it didn't affect my relationship with Legacy in any way. You know, we, we we used him on shows. He used our ring. I used to go there and did the sound for their show. (laughs) <laughs> and people on our end would be like, what the fuck? You're the owner of FSW. You're bringing your equipment and you're getting. It was like when we needed a ring, he was the guy who stepped up, didn't charge me as long as I got his guys on. In the future after that, we still use some of his guys because I like him and we got along. So I had no issues in doing something for him. You know, in some cases, he did more for me than I did for him. And later on, I probably did more for him than he did for me. But it wasn't looked at that way. It was looked at helping each other. And, you know, even in the Vegas thing, yeah, we've worked with people. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, things didn't work out to benefit both parties. So whether they didn't feel benefited or we didn't feel benefited, why would I work with somebody that I'm not going to uh, feel like a benefit? You know, it's the same issues with uh, Dave Marquez in Hollywood. You know, they got a lot of stuff. They use our guys. And we just, at one point, looked like we had an agreement on stuff with the TV out here. And I guess we didn't. So, you know, whatever. No harm, no foul. I would still take a call from Dave Marquez any day. But in the past, we didn't want to do anything. Like, it was like, it's not really benefiting us. Like they used, hey, because we, we thought we were going to work together. FSW was part of the United Wrestling Network at right. one point. You know, the RMB went up there. Remy Marcel, you know, we had an agreement to have the Nevada State Championship done there. And then the pandemic and all the other stuff. So the idea was to work together. And because at that point, we felt it would benefit us to have on a national pay-per-view or as national as it could be, you know, and when Nick Aldis is defending the NWA title, hey, FSW's got their 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 title. You know, Lacey, Lacey Ryan defended the FSW Women's Championship on that show. Right. But in the long run, 
you know, working together just didn't happen. We had a lot of start stops and starts. You know, the red carpet rumble was going to be out here at one point. And unfortunately, a conflict because me and Stu Stone were tight and he had a lot of say, but there was other people who had a lot of say too. And they wanted more say for a show in my arena with half of my guys. And it's like, dude, it's your red carpet rumble. Do it, do what you want for that. Just make sure my guys look strong. You know, you're not going to use 10 of my guys to come in there and just be jobbers. That that's not how it works. So whatever, you know, we never made it. We never had an agreement. It didn't work out, you know, next time, maybe it will, you, you know what I mean? And, you know, it took a while and, you know, we were with GCW and through GCW. Now maybe we got something with Black Label and bring in Callahan in the past and becoming friendly with him. Now we got a relationship with Revolver. So, you know, even got hit up by, you know, some AEW people. Hey, right, we're going to be in town. You want to do a seminar? And it's like, yeah, we kind of got uh, Davey Richards. So no offense to Cutie Marshall, but we got Davey Richards. Oh man, uh, I just uh, that that I, I QT Marshall doing a seminar. Uh, yeah, I, I listen. I'll, t- I'll I just, tell you what, he's the right hand man of Tony Khan. If you want to get in with somebody good, yeah. Whether you you know whether you think you're going to learn or not, it's it's the same thing when we had 50 people for Booker T and we had eight for Davey Richards. Yeah. You know, Booker T can give you a full explanation about everything about how this business is run. But if you want to be one of the best professional wrestlers in the world, you would think you'd want to come to a Davy Richards seminar because that dude is fucking informative, hands on. You know, I know he's got a bad rep, but Teddy Hart was the same way. Like he would explain intricately how and why a move was done and things like that. And, you know, I'm pretty sure he taught Chris Bay how to do the Canadian Destroyer. So. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Um, let me ask you, you know, we're, we're kind of talking a little bit about some of the companies that will be in on the collective for Memorial Day weekend. You brought up uh, uh, Wrestling Revolver. Uh, Sammy looks like he has come back from his inner injury. Is there any word on if uh, Callahan will be participating in any of the uh, the uh, cards um, the next uh, I saw that for the revolver show it said an appearance by I'm pretty sure he's saving his first match for impact because right. you know they did him good while he was hurt so I know that's the thing he kind of kayfaved me a little bit because it was like hey how you feeling Bubba you know I'm going to rehab you know I'm hoping to be back in the next couple months and then all of a sudden I was like oh shit motherfucker showed up today you know, so, you know, he will be there. Obviously, it's his company. So, you know, if we can utilize him and even just cutting a promo or something. Right. Um, any other uh, matches uh, coming up for that particular show? Uh, is there anything that is absolutely set in stone? Is there anything that you're still looking on? Uh, we've announced five matches, so in my head, I don't think I need to go through all those. Right. So it's an eight match card. 
So, match six uh, will be, say, a tag team match. We got death proof on our side, and we're still discussing who their opponents are going to be. You know, it might be violence is forever, and it might be uh, Richard Holiday and Anthony Green. So, we're trying to figure that out. Then there's the scramble match. And the scramble match will have uh, Funny Bone. It'll have Juicy, um, a Damian Drake. And there's a couple of others that, you know, we are working on for that. Then we're talking about, like, a, a Team FSW versus Team Revolver that... Uh, Remy Marcel, Viva Van, uh, probably a Cal Jack, and maybe even Bodie uh, against Billy Starks, uh, maybe Dan the Dad, and we're still kind of figuring out, you know, th- th- those final little spots to, yeah. hey, this guy might be in a scramble. This guy, you know, Adam Brooks is on the show, so right. he's probably going to be in the scramble match, you know. So, you know, Eli Everfly had to pull out, so that's one less guy uh, in the mix. Like on Luck of the Draw, Juicy was going to be in a scramble, but we couldn't do Holiday and Hammerstone. So Juicy has stepped in to uh, challenge Hammerstone for the FSW championship. And then we're looking to see where uh, Richard Holiday fits in that situation. Yeah. Um. With looking at uh, that situation, uh, has it been, is it more chaotic when you're dealing with um, a, a, a number of different companies or talent where it's kind of moving parts uh, as opposed to you guys just versus Pro Wrestling Revolver, say? So that is pretty easy. You're going through Sammy and you two are, are you know, hashing out what's going to happen and how it's going to look. Is it harder to do the, um, the cards for uh, the luck of the draw and then uh, the, um, the full tilt, uh, the, the let it ride, the finale show on Sunday? Is that something that is you know, more complex to book because of the fact that you're not just dealing with one company, you're dealing with either multiple companies or multiple wrestlers. Yeah, it's definitely way more difficult because when it was FSW versus GCW, we were the offshoot of a GCW show. So GCW was bringing all their talent here. So now we just had to pick from that talent and me and Brett would sit down and put together the idea what the matches were going to be. On this one, it's like, who's Sammy bringing in? Okay, well, there might be a couple of spots because Sammy may not have used Dan the Dad in the past, for example, but he's using him on this show, so we could kind of incorporate him. And the thing is, I have to rely on everybody else. Like, I don't have a flight to book, so I got to hope Sammy booked the flight to make sure the guy gets here on time. You know what I mean? It's like... When I talk to Violence is Forever, for example, they were doing the Black Label show at 11 p.m. I hear good things about it. Hey, uh, you guys. And he hit me up. And I'm like, well, you guys available for the uh, Sunday show? They're like, no, we're going to do Prestige. But 
let me check on Friday because I'll be in on time, but I don't know if my partner's getting in in time for that revolver show. So, you know, I also got to make some calls because it's been kind of left open and I haven't talked to Sammy. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping he's booked all the flights. You know what I mean? It'd be kind of shitty if Josh Alexander is waiting, you know, is, is, is getting on a plane the next day. And I got Tom Lawler booked. Yeah. You know, and then dealing with the hotels. It's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Those aren't cheap. You know, thankfully, my wife works at a station casino property. So I'm able to get a little better rates. But, you know, Thursday's great rates, you know. (laughs) But Friday and Saturday, you know, is still you know, a decent amount of money. So when you need six, seven rooms, that adds up. Uh, how is that in, in, you know, obviously we're talking about Memorial Day weekend, so the prices are jacked up. But for, let's say, just uh, a normal Mecca that's happening in June uh, or, you know, a show that's even happening uh, in October or November uh, before the Christmas season, um, does that is that something that you have to factor in is the cost of rooms and getting someone a room or if let's say you pay for a flight um do you then basically turn around and say listen i'll get you a flight but you're gonna have to book your own hotel room um and is it much easier when a guy says oh yeah I, I can't wait to come a buddy of mine lives here and i'll just crash at his place you know, is it what's what is it like on that end of, you know, travel and, and accommodations? Well, it's, it's all based on the, your level of where you're at in, in your professional wrestling career. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, Kevin Cross may have some family in town, but he's with his girl. He's going to much rather want a hotel room. And right. I'm not going to spend money on a guy 450 bucks on a ho- on a flight and then squawk about a $100 hotel room. You know what right. I mean? But I don't book enough of those guys like at the last Mecca. You, you know what I mean? It was like we had to get a couple of rooms, but it was in February. So not the biggest deal. But you use a Willie Mack, for example. Well, he lives here. So, you know, it makes things easier. TJP, he lives here. You know, Hammerstone, he'll drive in, you know, so that's our main event, you know, pretty much. Hammerstone, uh, TJP, and Brian Cage, he lives here. So these are big money guys that are all able to get here on their own. So that saves a lot of money, you know, in that situation. You know, Jacob Fatu, he's out of Sacramento. Not that big a deal, you know. And, you know, it was Willie and Remy. Again, two homegrown guys. The tag team match was homegrown guys. You know, Casey Navarro was the only guy, you know, and he comes in cheap and it was on a spirit airline or whatever. And, you know, things were good. So the cost wasn't out there. We made our money back. We made us we made a, a decent profit on the deal. And that included, you know, the meet and greets would cross in Scarlet Bordeaux. And, and it was a big event for the Vegas community who grew up with Kevin Cross. Right. Um, and, and speaking of events, um, I had 
seen recently within the last week that on Saturday, it looks like AEW is doing um, some kind of fan fest. Does that make you a little uh, leery on, and, and obviously on Saturday, FSW itself does not have a show, um, but in terms of, you know, getting these guys hooked up with the Silver Nugget, and you want to look good for them, and then also in the eyes of the Silver Nugget, does that kind of, you know, throw a wrench or, or kind of make you just go, you know, damn it, you already got Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, and now you're trying to take people away from, you know, a day that we could use all day by throwing a fan fest. Is that in any way just kind of a little bit of a, a bummer to find out that they're doing something like that? No, I figured they were going to be anyway. So, you know, the thing is, it's from 10 a.m. to 6. GCW had already sold out their seats yeah. for the event. So if they don't show up to go to a fan fest, well, they got their money. And the thing is, there's GCW fans who are coming in that aren't going to AEW. They're going right. to be coming into our events. They don't care about AEW. There's a lot of people that do care about AEW, so they're going to pick and choose some of the events. But the bottom line is, either way, there's 10 times as many wrestling fans in Vegas that weekend than there normally would be. So we have to put out a card. You know, it's the same thing with Rampage. They're running Friday. We're running Friday. They start at 3 o'clock. But everybody knows AEW Dark is using a lot of upstart talent that our card is way better than what right. AEW Dark is going to run. You know, we got the Impact World Champion. We have the guy who was just the New Japan Open Champion. We have the MLW Heavyweight Champion, you know, on this show. Uh, we have the X Impact yeah. X Division Champion and yeah. Trey McGill. You know, it's like you look at every match on that card and there's the four ways got Rich Swan, Chris Bay, Kenny King and JT Dunn. You know, JT Dunn's the least known of the four and he's their champ. Yeah. You yeah. know, and JT Dunn's awesome. So, yeah. you know, we got Jay Vidal and with Trey Miguel. We got Mike Bailey and Matt Vandegrift. You know, if you're a wrestling fan, that's a much better show. If you're a wrestling fan, do you want to go spend $100 for CM Punk autograph? Or do you want to watch the fucking Briscoes? Yeah. Or Matt Cardona? You know, Sammy's running at 4 o'clock. Like, how many hours are you going to spend yeah. at, at the Fan Fest? When you probably have met these people five other times and got autographs, you know, those are the super fan AEW people that it didn't matter if there was a fan fest or not. They probably wouldn't come to our show. So if you want to come to our show, I'm pretty sure you're going to figure out a way to do it. As we look at the, uh, the Sunday uh, show, where are you on that? Because I know when we talked last week, it was still kind of, uh, feeling out what's going to happen with that show. Has that taken a little more shape? 
Yeah, it definitely has. You know, we got more guys set for the event. Uh, Anthony Green's going to be sticking around all weekend, so he'll be there. Richard Holiday, he'll be there. Jay Vidal, Matt Vandergriff, uh, Juicy, and, you know, TBD is going to defend the FSW tag titles uh, on the show. Uh, I talked with Brett and GCW and LA Fight since he owns both. They're going to represent at that show. Uh, just talked with Black Label Pro. Uh, they're going to have a couple of guys representing there. Uh, we're probably having Sky High since we have been looking to work with Mike Green. Uh, they'll defend the best of the West Tag Team titles. So, uh, you know, and then we're looking at, you know, from Revolver. You know, there's a lot of guys that can represent Revolver that probably aren't leaving till, you know, Sunday evening that – you know, we just, we just got to lock, lock everybody in, you know, and on our end, the Jacob Austin Youngs and the Cody's and Remy's and Sharps and, you know, even uh, uh, Brett the Thread and Nick Xander. Those are shows that potentially they can be on on the Sunday because we're going to try to focus some of our younger talent. So we'll see. Um, and... When you look at um, when you look at the whole of it from Thursday through the Sunday, and you look at the amount of talent, and you look at what a fan can expect when they attend all shows between Thursday and Sunday, um, what are is there are are there any whistles and bells? Uh, are there any uh, meet and greets, uh, any uh, signings that are going to be happening, especially on Saturday when it's pretty much an all-day uh, event at Silver Nugget. Um, is there anything special that the fans can expect that um, might be planned by either FSW or uh, one of the other companies involved? It's possible on the other end. I know we're doing a meet and greet for the FSW Revolver show. We're also trying to put together, you know, something for the Saturday uh, between Edge show and uh, Sammy's show because we got a little bit of a window uh, there also. But the difference on the Thursday show is on Friday against Revolver, you're seeing the best of the best, well-known talents uh, mixed in with a few sprinkles of surprises of, you know, maybe some underutilized talent that maybe Revolver only uses, FSW only uses. They haven't really created a buzz. At right. luck of the draw on Thursday, we're using guys from all over the United States who in their area, like a Jared Diaz, who's awesome. And right. he was out here for SummerSlam weekend. Uh, Titus Alexander just put over, you know, uh, by Will Ospreay. And yeah. he's going to wrestle Chris Bay on Thursday. And, you know, we got so many other guys. This Axel Rico works for Warrior from Chicago. Uh, there's a guy coming in from Germany. Uh, he's called The Rotation. And wow. he, he described himself as a luchador from Germany. So, <laughs> you know, I believe Mike Bailey's getting married this week or next week in Vegas. And right. he works for WXW, and he's going to be here for the wedding. So he hit me up, and it's like, well, you know, we'll find a spot for you. guy we used last year, Percy Drews, is making his way out here from the Midwest. 
who's, you know, extremely talented. And then we're lucky enough that Holiday and Anthony Green are moving base to to California uh, for about a month and a half. So they're going to be around and Sin Bodhi's on the show and Funny Bone and Damian Drake and Juicy. And, you know, some of Juicy's crew will be here. So you're going to see, you know, Hammerstone, you know, Greg Sharp and Davey Richards, you know, a lot of the locals and especially the FSW roster guys, they're really looking forward to it because, you know, Sharp hasn't had that kind of marquee match with a big name yeah. in, a, in a while when he wrestled Paul London years ago. So, you know, this is a, a great opportunity. You know, we saw Jacob Austin Young have, you know, so far one of the candidates for match of the year with Davey Richards just a yeah. few months back. So, you know, luck of the draw, you're going to see – you know, it, it, it was, it's, it's the luck of the draw. Like who was going to be in town and trying to mix and match things and, you know, who's going where, you know, and of course, like Matt Vandegrift, you know, probably going to be, you know, in a scramble. It's like, it's funny, you know, GCW, they got their scramble. Revolver's got their scramble. You know, everybody used to goof on me for having all these scramble matches. Everybody does them because there's right. so much talent around that you want to showcase. One thing I've learned, you know, if you do a six-man tag and you do a six-man scramble, six-man scramble is way more exciting. Great. You know, the six-man tag, there's only two guys in the ring at once. In a six-man scramble, it's every man for himself. So, you know, and right now we're, I'm, de- I'm just de- deciding whether the return of the fray will happen at Let It Ride. You know, we, we got a good core of guys. Two guys start every minute. Another guy comes in, and it's pinfall or submission. So it's a it, it's it's a mini Royal Rumble where you don't get to just throw somebody over the top rope, which doesn't mean a thing. You know, funny enough, uh, I believe it was just announced on Impact that they're actually going to be running that exact gimmick match. Uh, I think at Slammiversary. There you go. They heard me talking about it. These fuckers. That impact always likes stealing shit of ours. Scott <laughs> Damore. <laughs> they took Chris Bay. They took Cross. And they took your match ideas. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I've been trying to take their uh, their Ultimate X match. It's just too difficult to kind of put everything together without hopefully not killing anybody. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big uh, factor and. Boy, it would be cool to see something like that. But, man, talk about the planning and the execution. It has to be very safe and, and could be crazy off the hook. But, um, you know, you, you've said uh, that Damian Drake will be uh, tagging with uh, Funny Bone and with Simbodi. Now, the question is, is this the opportunity for Damian Drake to do face paint for the match? I believe he did with the unguided at one point. Yeah. 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 I think, I think this, you know, that he loves the comic books and I think you know, this is where we see the Joker in this one. That's, that's my you know, It's still face paint. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't say what kind of face paint you said face paint. True. You know, true, true, true. You know I'm calling that team the disciples of sin. So, oh, you know, there, 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 there's a chance Bodie may get in there, too, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. Because Bodie's ever, done the face paint when he teamed with Sin Bodie. Yeah. Did you did you ever think of doing the uh, the doink and dink type uh, you know gimmick with uh, Bodie being basically exactly dressed like Sin and painted like Sin, but uh, you know <laughs> means I'd have to put Sin on another show. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you look at uh, the accomplishments that FSW has had with talent who's been either trained by FSW or has become part of the roster, you know, you have an extensive list. Um, this just became official. I believe it was yesterday that uh, Toa is officially under AEW contract. And it looks like they might be. Oh my God, really? Oh wait, I knew that for a month or two. Right. Right. But now it looks like, you know, he might even be going into uh, more of a prominent role than uh, just, you know, starting out and, and being on the internet matches. Uh, when you look at Toa in the short time that you've known him, seen him, dealt with him as a talent, um, does a wrestler like that, and for the young guys, should they seek out advice from a wrestler like him um, and how to go about getting a contract not just based on your talent, but based on the way you present yourself as a professional and the way you do business. Is that something that the guy should be really kind of looking at and finding the guys who have been doing things right to understand, you know, what you should be doing. Um, and sometimes if it's coming from a trainer, you know, it's like getting something from a school teacher where you kind of tune it out a little bit where it comes better from someone who, you know, you might not see regularly, but you know, took that path. What does that mean to you to have a guy like Toa around or to have a guy like Bay around where they can share that knowledge and experience and are willing to talk to guys about that? Well, the way Toa got part of FSW was, which I may have told the story here before or whatever, but Juicy was working a GCW show. Uh, the venue didn't let him do it because there was no uh, no fans allowed. The pandemic was going on. So that's how the relationship started with GCW. Brett was like, hey, can we use your arena? Or I think I actually offered it to him. If like, hey, if you need anything, blah, 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 blah. So Juicy was booked on the show. And Toa, who he just started tagging with, uh, came down. And the first person that came up to me to introduce himself is this big fucking Samoan dude. And he's like, hey, I just want to introduce myself because Sefafatu, Solo Sokoa, is obviously Rikishi's son. So he spent a lot of time in California and at, at Knox Pro where Toa trained. And Sefa said, you got to get to FSW, bro. You got to get to FSW. So he went out of his way to meet me. And it was, you know, busy day. We were, you know, I didn't have a lot to do because I was just renting out the arena. Yeah, yeah, nice to meet you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, because I get 100 people that hit you up. I, You know, right. obviously I noticed he was a big motherfucker. You know <laughs> what I mean? But I, I, I don't know if he can work or, or anything. He just introduced himself, made himself known. And then I think they had a match. They might have wrestled. 
I don't even know who they wrestled, but I, I, I remember he wrestled and it was like, hmm, this guy looks like he's pretty fucking good. And then I talked to him way more after that. And, you know, I, I genuinely liked him. You know, he was a super nice guy, very humble, you know, putting over what he needed to. Turned out he was half Puerto Rican, too. So, hey, we had that little bond, the Samoan Rican, you know. And then he explained to me, because I had remembered that they did wrestle uh, at a different place in town. And my kid had brought him up, and it's like, yeah, you know, I can't pay that kind of money. I heard what they were getting paid. It's like, I've never seen this guy before. He looks like he's promising. And then I found out that they that he had never wrestled in front of a crowd until he came to FSW. And I gave, again, and that's how you start a relationship. It's like, hey, bro, love to have you, but this is what we pay on these shows, and this is what I can give you. He's like, I don't care about the money. I want to be on the show and blah, blah, blah. You know, music to my ears. I don't care about the money. I want to be on the show. Right. It's not like I'm not going to pay the dude. It's like, okay, now I don't have to worry that because some guys are concerned with that. And that's why they kind of don't stick around because they feel they deserve more money, which I probably agree. But just because you show up on New Japan Strong doesn't mean I can afford to now pay you three times the price. You know, yes, I know you're very good. You're on that show. But, you know, they can pay you that kind of money. I can't if you want to work a school show. I'll pay you more when you work the casino show. But it's still going to be less than a million-dollar company. That That's just, you know, that's just the semantics of it all. So, you know, we pushed them hard. Uh, he didn't care if Juicy couldn't make it because Juicy would get a lot of bookings. So sometimes it would be single, sometimes it would be tag. He didn't care. He just wanted to be on the show. Right. And what's funny is when we made the de- decision to put the tag belts on them, we had gotten, you know, more of a commitment from Juicy. So we were like, oh, this is good to go, you know. We got TBD hanging around. That might be a good feud down the line. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, sorry, Joe, I I can't make it. I'm getting flown for AEW Dark. I'm like, motherfucker, they always book them the days we got shows. Fuck. And then it was like I had him booked in a singles match against Hammerstone. And then like four days before the show, hey, Joe, I'm really sorry, but, you know, they're bringing me in last minute. It's like, what the fuck? What are you going to tell the guy? Oh, you ain't going to work for me no more if you do that. It's like. That's their ultimate goal, to get signed by one of the major companies. So, you know, we, we still pulled the trigger on the tag titles. And then within no time, he was locked in to where they obviously, why wouldn't they? You know, here's a raw talent, a guy who has, has been doing it for less than two years. Yeah. And, you know, he's got everything you need to be a star in this business, you know. He was already on my really, really short list of who's the guy that can be the FSW heavyweight champion. Right. And it just reiterates to me how good I I am at seeing talent that is beyond just being a top local guy. 
you know, yeah. as we always talked about the legacy FSW champions, LA Knight and Cage and Cross and Bay and Lacey and Hammerstone, you know, the guys that didn't get the titles were Sefa Fatu, Carl Fredericks, and Toa. So if you had those three guys, if they were around long enough before they got signed, because they got signed, like we were ready to pull the trigger, you know, on Sefa. And then it was just like, hey, hey, Oos. I'm like, oh, boy. You hate that conversation that starts with, hey, Oos. You know, it's either I need more money or I got somewhere else to go. And obviously with Sefa, you knew eventually he was going to have somewhere else to go. Yeah. You know, when Cody Rhodes mentioned six people and three of them work for fucking FSW, that alone should make fucking people stay, take notice. He yeah. mentioned Chris Bay. He mentioned Hammerstone, and he mentioned Sefa Fatu. So I'm not sure. He may have even mentioned Cross. But at that point, Cross obviously was long past, so he probably didn't. But that's three guys in a very small grouping of people that at the time the executive vice president of AEW is swooning over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it also, Joe, I think that that brings up a fascinating point, too, of as much uh, power as Cody had in that role and how aware he was of those guys, he didn't even get the opportunity to, you know, essentially bring those guys in, get them under contract, um, which to me shows kind of the confusion uh, miscommunication in the front office because if those guys weren't you know, under contract, if there was any point in that three years that Cody was there, why wouldn't you have on you know signing the best? Because of, I'm, you know, I'm not even I'm not even concerned about signing them at the time. Cody had done some open challenges, so right. if Cody's your TNT champion and he's talking about these guys. Pretty sure Hammerstone was signed with MLW, so it didn't matter. Right. But why couldn't you have brought in Chris Bay to have an open challenge match? Why couldn't you have brought in Sefa to have that match? You yeah. know, because they were doing those types of things where they were bringing in uncontracted guys to get a shot. And it wasn't like as an enhancement role where they got beat up in 30 seconds and the match was over. You know, they weren't being brought in like Barry Horowitz. Well, I wouldn't even say Barry Horowitz because Barry Horowitz got a lot of offense in. But he wasn't being brought in like, you know. Barry O. Who? Barry O. Barry O. I only remember him working for Buffalo Jim in uh, 1999 against two cold Scorpio at the Orleans. Wow. And the main event was Rush defending the Buffalo Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship against the Tonga Kid, brother. <laughs> Tonga I couldn't take the pin, though. Gotta protect my brand, brother. I'm surprised. Did it count, out. Did it, did it count out? 
you 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 haven't brought in Tonga, man. I'm I'm sure he'd uh, he'd go. That for dude a, hits man. me up every once in a while. You know, he is a crazy dude, man. I met him a couple times. He is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, he's he's fucking amazing. I love you that know, he's guy. got his ideas. Oh, I got this great idea. It's like, bro, I'm not bringing in your whole family to run this whole angle where you're going to beat up all our guys. Thanks. I appreciate the idea. Um, um, look here uh, at wrapping up this week. Uh, anything uh, you want to add for the uh, the fans? Anything uh, you have uh, you've uh, come across this week? Uh, any, uh, any good uh, wins at the uh, casino this week as well? Yeah, finally had a good win. Yesterday I uh, hit a Royal on the 50 cents. So, you know. Woof. Yeah. Then I hit another Royal, but it was only on the dime. So that was just chump change. So I finally yeah. had a good win. And, and anyone who, if you're not familiar with uh, video poker, um, the, that hitting, hitting a Royal on a 50 cent, that, that's a nice day. That's nice day. Yeah. Yep. That's. Take, I might take, be able. I might be up. able to afford uh, Killer Cross again. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say take the wife out for a nice dinner. <laughs> You're, <laughs> of course, going to. Well, I could book Cross for a show. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the wife appreciates that. <laughs> what do you mean? I just get a comp at the sunset. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any other final thoughts? Any final words for uh, for the the listeners today? Uh, yeah, by the time this airs, we're, we're about a week away, you know, and, you know, luck of the draw seems to be uh, looking pretty good. Uh, still, still got some front rows for, bo- for, for all the shows, which in all honesty is a little disappointing to me. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I looked at the cards, Black Label, GCW, Revo- uh, the Revolver Show. Even Violence and Suffering, who's running in town. I've been talking with that guy. He was like, hey, bro, you know, I would have loved to partnered up. It's like, would have loved to have you. But, you know, you we follow each other. We've talked a little. You know, we did post on Twitter that we were looking for some companies to partner up with. You know, we don't really know you that well. So we're not reaching out personally because we know you like Brett. Like, I talked to the Black Label Pro guy once or twice before, but but Brett put together them coming in and I got Sammy to come in and we were supposed to have Booker T. So we really were set, but then that kind of fell through and Ed wanted to use the facility. And it was like, dude, there's no way we're going to be able to go back and forth. You're going to have to do it at the nugget. And, you know, we made that work. So, but if you look at the cards, you know, as I said, the best talent in the world is going to be in here you know, John Morrison got booked now. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's on the show. And Josh Alexander, the Impact Champion. And as I said, we got Tom Lawler, New Japan star. And Mike Bailey. And even Psycho Clown. He's not on our show, but he's going to be in town. And Matt Cardona. And the Briscoes. And, you know, whatever other surprises. Super crazy is going to be here. You know, so no matter what genre that you like, Joey Janela, you know, the one name I have not seen, though, so far is Nick Gage. Yeah. And in following some of uh, 
the recent GCW shows, um, it doesn't seem like Gage has been on. So I wonder if there is an issue with uh, injury there or. Uh, I know he hosted a couple of shows ago. Yeah. Like he came out, he opened the show, you know, but I'm kind of thinking maybe he's just taking a step back and yeah. maybe trying to heal up a little because, you know, he's done some damage to his body over the years. And, you know, maybe none more than he has. So, yeah. you know what? what Well-deserved break. I know they made a big deal that he was the only person ever to actually sign a contract with GCW. Now, yeah. what it entails, none of us know. So, maybe I'll get Brett drunk uh, on AEW weekend and he can uh, spill the beans for me. <laughs> you know, he's oh. not that big. So, maybe you don't need that much liquor to get him fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, yeah. Hey, uh, just just let me know because I'll uh, I'll show up. I'll roll the camera, man. We'll have a a Defalco Files, uh, you know, kind of uh, table for two. There you go, live from the bar. <laughs> live from the bar, uh, and at uh, we just do it down the street here. We'll do it at uh, your wife's uh, place of work, and uh, yeah, we won't do it at that evil bar downtown. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them motherfuckers. Um, final thought here, Joe. Uh, this, uh, you know, AEW has is, is got a lot of, uh, obviously, publicity in the wrestling community over the last three years. Uh, they did their first Double or Nothing here in 2019. Um, you had less of a buzz going on in terms of you know independent shows around that um do you think i don't that, think there was any yeah i think the only thing that was going on really was uh the star the star uh starcast uh with uh you know uh connor and thompson's uh you know panels and various podcasts going live and stuff like that um which ultimately was kind of a fan fest do you think that with the buzz that AEW brings and hopefully with this becoming a at least a, a one-year regular stop for AEW, that by fans seeing what you guys are presenting uh, from FSW and the amount of talent, that if you come away with 20, 40, 100 and through the pay-per-views even more, you know, three, 400 more fans uh, made because of this weekend. Does that really, in the end, um, come down to what makes it successful for you is really the idea of having more eyes on the product and hopefully this becoming a yearly thing where fans will now be aware, hey, we got to make time to go to this FSW show because last year it was spectacular what they did. So that's something that ultimately is the payoff for you is that extra exposure to new fans. Without a doubt, like, like when we first did anything, we brought in Jordan Oliver to wrestle Hammerstone on GCW weekend. We didn't really work together in any way. He was in town. And we ended up selling a, a bunch of tickets to people that came into town a day early. And the atmosphere there 
with the GCW fans and the FSW fans gave me the idea of, well, how much cooler would this be if it was match versus match instead of just one match on the show, yeah. you know? And, you know, that was a big show. Uh, it was changing the game. And yeah. uh, I believe Leo Rush made that show. I'm not yes. 100 Yes, he wrestled. That, I think Trey Lamar, right? Yeah, that okay. was the that was the the appearance he made before uh, he did the, um, the right because Chris Bay ended up not being able to make it or, or something like that yeah. for that show, and that gave us the catapult because they were coming back in August, which was SummerSlam weekend. So I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? And GCW likes running the night before the major show. So, you know, I would have obviously preferred to take the Saturday 8 p.m. time slot this time around. But for them to work together, they're going to take that spot no matter what. So they'll not work with us and go to a different arena. So it's like, well, now I'm going to have to fight with everybody to get fans that, you know, that the only person who would do that has an ego through the roof and is not trying to do what's best for everybody, it's you know, you're you're using your ego, and you're putting them in front of the fans, the wrestlers, everybody. So we take a step back. We take the next spot. Hey, what if we try doing a show five hours before the pay per view in the afternoon, SummerSlam day? Okay, we sell the place out. So obviously that's a smart business decision because right. we were able to draw off the GCW brand. The difference is AEW fans and WWE fans, we know are totally different. So the AEW fans are way more aware of a lot of the guys that are going to be on our show compared to the WWE fans who pretty much don't know any of the GCW people. So, right. Yeah, we're relying on AEW, but we're also relying on GCW because GCW is going to bring people from California and Arizona and everywhere in that immediate area that are coming just for them. Now, they may go to the Sunday show. They may go to Double or Nothing, but I'm pretty sure they're probably not going to Dynamite. You know what right. I mean? Or they might not be going to Rampage. So they're hopefully coming to our show, you know, yeah. and like I said, you know, the, the key factor in all of this is, as you said, the fan base, we got a few new people who came to our show because Jordan Oliver was on it and they got to see Hammerstone and, and, and a lot of our really good talent. Then we did the FSW GCW show and people saw, Hey, wow, this cutthroat Cody dude's crazy motherfucker, man. He got lit up by Nick Cage. That was fucking insane. As well as our regulars that are on that show, you know. Right. And now we do another one. So where Sammy Callahan's Revolver has a really good, uh, you know, a really good following. So now the GCW fans who are aware of us, because they're also in town, will say, hey, wow, that FSW show looks fucking great. But now we got the Revolver people who maybe buy it on Fight TV. They can't see it live. They're going to see all their favorite stars mixed in with 
the FSW side, which is a Willie Mack, a Tom Lawler, a Hammerstone, a Chris Bay, a first time maybe seeing a Matt Vandegrift, you know, all these guys that are like tearing it up everywhere else that they may have just kind of heard of but never really seen. But they're going to buy it now because they're going to see Trey Miguel and Mike Bailey and Rich Swan and, and that whole crew. So it can't hurt in any way. The only way it could hurt is if we run a shitty show and we had shitty wrestlers and they were on the show and their guys had to make our guys look good because they weren't good enough to do it themselves. Yeah. And since we're not in that position, you know, it makes me extremely confident that, you know, win or lose money wise, these aren't shows that are, are done. So we can make a profit, you know, because odds are we probably won't shows right. cost too much, but we're looking at long-term that down the line will people buy shows you know we've seen it where people have flown in from florida to come to our our show we got guys who used to come to ring of honor who stopped going there but would still come in from utah just to watch our show so you know and, and the key is it's like we have we have an open invitation to run a show in atlantic city you know i got hit up again and you know, the thing is, you were talking earlier, it's way different because when we're in Vegas, we have to get everybody to New Jersey. So that means our local talent, who doesn't cost us very much, now have to all get another four to $600 flight. And lately it's more 600 than 400. You know, if you're flying in 10 guys, that's $6,000, not counting what people are getting paid. And do we got to pay for hotel rooms and, you know, other talent that's coming in? You know, we can't run Nick Xander versus Brett the Thread in the main event in Atlantic City. You know, we have to have probably Matt Cardona, Big Cass, Killer Cross, you know, mixed in with some of our younger guys to make them aware of it. So that show at best, is costing double what, like, a Mecca might cost without right. the Mecca talent. So until hotel, not even really hotel, because I would think the showboat's going to give us a decent amount of rooms, but now also how many vans do we got to rent because the nearest airport is Philadelphia? You know, right. that's an hour and a half, two-hour drive. So you got to hire people to drive people. Everybody's coming in at different times. How many different people? So that the cost of that show, you know, really shows. And I can't give enough credit to GCW for what they fucking do. You know, yeah. it's like I'm not kissing nobody's ass. But, you know, when we run a weekend or we do this, it's like, fuck, this is draining. There's times GCW does that three weekends in a month. Like from place to place to place, and you know they gotta they gotta find production people, they gotta find the rings, they gotta work with people, they gotta get the talent. It is fucking crazy. Like I don't know. Like again, I look at Brett as like with me, but I I have to believe he's got a lot more people in the office. He has to. If yeah. he doesn't, 
man, that dude's going to pass out before he's 40. Yeah. Um, and uh, as we go here, final question. What is your budget for uh, doors and light tubes for uh, next weekend? Well, thanks to humanity for uh, Habitat for Humanity. They get we get the doors at like 10 bucks a piece. The one thing you've noticed is with the uh, rise in wood pricing that most people just buy the doors. Like we bought the doors at Home Depot when we had to a couple of them. They were like 45, 50 bucks each. Well, I don't know who, you know, thank whoever, but who takes their doors and trades them in? What do they do? They get a dollar for them? Like, Hey, I got four doors. Uh, you guys take them? Oh, yeah, we'll give you a buck a piece. Like, but they have 100 doors sometimes there, you know? <laughs> like, we redid uh, my floors at my house. And, you know, a couple of the doors were damaged beforehand. So we replaced the doors. And I told the wife, oh, hold on. Don't throw them out. You know, they're going to the school. You know, can't get rid of doors like that anymore we gotta you know we gotta keep them oh man um we should, know, I, I could just hire somebody to go to a construction site and just pick up as many doors anybody renovating and shit yeah because they're just gonna throw them out yeah just just bring a pickup and just lay can you get back? into the junk can i can i drive into a junkyard like where they dump the garbage and like the doors and stuff you know that's a Good question. I think you probably could, but I don't know if. Uh, so sometimes the the junkyards will turn around and, you know, get rid of the doors uh, for a price as well. Uh, but that's actually a, that's a thought. I never thought. Yeah, of that. but I guess for ten bucks, you really can't beat that price. You know, I don't want to go rummaging through and then get stung by a syringe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, fans, uh, FSW Network is uh, six ninety nine a month. Um, check it out. You get yeah, familiar. support us so we so we can buy some fucking doors, will you? Christ, you got two shows Thursday and Sunday. Thursday's got some of the best up and coming talent in the world, and it's seven bucks for the entire month. And you got a show on Sunday with more great young talent. And you get to see all the FSW talent that you're going to see. And you'll even get to see the FSW GCW show. And you can see Sephifatu and Brian Cage and Morrison and Kevin Nash and and Psycho Clown and the Donnas who killed it. Like Matt Hardy. Like every motherfucker that's like killing it in the business we've pretty much had in an FSW an event. So, yeah. you know, Ricochet, Swan, the whole IWF collection, Aries, Chris Saban, Lance Hoyt. It, 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 it really, it really does play like a, uh, a WWE network, uh, you know, uh, type of, of tool because you get to see all these guys, uh, you know, doing what they do best. And that is, going out there putting on a show and not worrying about, you know, the, uh, the storyline where they have to, uh, execute this, that, and the other, uh, it's, it's good fun. It's, it's a really nice look and, uh, definitely for seven bucks, man. It actually 
a penny under $7. So I can't say enough about uh, getting the network. And then, of course, Fight TV uh, looks like you'll have a home for uh, the Friday pay-per-view. Is that correct? Or Yes, are- Deuces Wild is, now, is, is already available on uh, Fight TV, as well as all the other events from Full Tilt. Uh, GCW, uh, their show at 8 p.m. Saturday. Uh, Sammy's show, 4 o'clock on Saturday. Revolvers is going to be on Fight. And the Black Label, which if you're on the East Coast, starts at 2 a.m. Right. So, Brad Reeder, uh, you know, let us I guarantee you he's already bought all the pay-per-views. Yeah, I, I want to know his. Uh, I want to know his comments at uh, when when it starts at two a.m. Just could, could tell us how the coffee is, and tell us how the wrestling is. So, if the, if the kid's gonna be allowed to be awake to watch it at two a.m. <laughs> or you're gonna have to wait till uh, the morning. And, and you know, speaking of him, I do have to say, as as we finish here, uh, he did mention his his daughter, and um, she's at an age where. Uh, you know, a lot of kids start kind of figuring out and just kind of looking at wrestling now as, oh, okay, I kind of get it. And all right, their stories, but these guys are athletic, et cetera, et cetera. But she is still a fan to the core in, you know, believing the stories that are being told. And I think that's something that's very important too. If you have kids out there, Man, encourage them to watch wrestling and to never give up that part of you that wants to, you know, look at it as something that is just pure and real and happening. And, um, you know, you you can't go wrong with uh, looking at the perspective from the eyes when you were a 10 year old, because we all tend to get a little cynical as we hit our 30s, then our 40s, then the 50s. And, uh, you know, it's it sometimes it causes that, you know, that bad blood of uh, this company sucks or that person sucks. and They don't do this right. And if you just look at it as, like, it's wrestling, it's fun, let yourself have fun again. Uh, and that's what I think you'll find this whole weekend. It's just going to be really fun. Because the guys are excited to do this. And, man, you can't go wrong when the talent is absolutely 100% all in on just having a good time and wrestling matchups that, you know, they probably haven't wrestled or haven't wrestled in yeah, a while. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of first-time events. Yeah. You know, a lot of those guys, they're plugging it. First time ever. First time ever. You yeah. know, so... And also the return of the Vegas Bad Boys full tilt pre-show. Yep. Yeah, we got the uh, we uh, launched the uh, the talks today, so we will. Yes, I, I got the message from Lawson. It's like, yeah, Dave, we've already established it. Thanks. And Dave, that was your shout out. <laughs> and you know. When you're asked to do a shout out, and Joe, you hit it organically without me having to say anything. Thumbs up. So yeah, you know, it ain't like we're bringing up all the shitty things he does. You know what I'm saying? You can do a right, whole show on that. Everyone, uh, and we'll, uh, 
expect Dave Lawson on the show at some point so we can talk about all the shitty stuff he does. Yeah, after I die. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And until next week, uh, we'll see you guys later.